0: Starting small and growing big. Mark chapter 4, verse 30 to 32. Gospel according to Saint Mark, chapter 4, verse 30 to 32. Jesus is speaking here. Then he said to them, To what shall I liken the kingdom of God? What parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown, all right, underground is smaller. Note the word, smaller than all the seeds of the earth but when it is sown it grows up and becomes greater it was smaller but now it has become greater than all the herbs shoots out large branches and the beds of the air nest under in shade let us pray heavenly father we appreciate you and thank you for what you have provided for us and what you have given us in christ jesus we are grateful please lord receive our thanks in jesus name as we study your word together today oh god of heaven we pray that your holy spirit would teach us and inspire us in jesus name amen i've over the years i've had the privilege of meeting many people understanding some people and studying some people observing them i should say and i've noticed that the people that tend to be achievers or should I say the people that tend not to be achievers sometimes it's not because they don't have a dream some don't have a dream that's where it starts from you have a vision you have a dream you know you have a plan you have a purpose you want to run with I've come to see that it's not that some people don't have but they just don't know how to start people just don't know how to start and my challenge to you this morning is to tell you start small that's where to start Many people see things, and you know, today we have this whole thing about on social media whereby people do a lot of virtual mentoring and all of that. And people want to, you know, you see somebody that you want to emulate, and automatically you want to emulate them at the level they are now. You know, and this, that's a very, very dangerous concept. You see somebody you want to emulate, and you want to emulate them at the level they are right now. We have forgotten that the scriptures does not permit us to do that. The scripture tells us that in Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10, that we should not despise the days of small beginning. Don't despise the days of small things. Okay? So, when I was younger, in my university days, so you, as a pharmacy school, I was still in in pharmacy school, you get to meet people that have been pharmacists for five years, sometimes ten years, You know, they come in in your third year, final year, fourth year, all of that, to start speaking to you about the industry. You know, what do you want to do? What area do you want to go to? Do you want to go into hospital pharmacy, you know, community pharmacy, industrial pharmacy, or academics? You know, those were the four wings when I was in pharmacy school. You know, so they start speaking to you about this. And sometimes, you know, you see some of them come in. And when I was in pharmacy school, I was a teenager, maybe 19, 20, 19, you know, when i first got into my third year in pharmacy school i was 19 years old they, they start telling you you start seeing them and some of them coming with some new cars some of them coming with the trappings of their office and they were like 28 27 but the truth is that for many things in life you can see people where and say i want to be here this is ex- this person is doing exactly or something similar to what i want to do but you can't always start where you are seeing them so, you have to understand that. Okay? Please understand these important notes. Because today I just want to give you an introduction and we're going to really get deeper into this during the week. Understand this starting small is not a curse. Starting small is not a curse. As a matter of fact, it is a blessing in disguise. Starting small is not a curse, it is a blessing in disguise. So, 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 so say, "Oh well, well, look at me, look at how, how does that? No, because you started small, does not mean you will end small. It is not a curse. It is the blessing in disguise. Also, number two, note that starting small does not indicate how far you will go. You can't look at the business that has started small and automatically you say, I know how far it will go. You can't. You can't. If you had seen what house of praise, this church, you know that, of course, Ignite Church is is an expression, a young adult expression of house of praise. If you had seen house of praise 21 years ago, there is absolutely no way, except God opens your eyes into the realm of the spirit, but there's no way in this world you will have thought that the church would be at this point, and this is not our final bus stop. We are still in transition to the new realms of greatness that God is taking us. The church were, was a church of seven adults in a living room with a few children, no structure, no registration, nothing—as in nothing. There is no way, and there was nothing that, in Canada, at that time, no body of my ilk, of my of my pigmentation, was doing something on the scale that will have even inspired me to say whoa I would like to see that do that you know so let me say this to you but that was not an indication and people today I spoke a little bit about this in the first service in the house of praise. people today tend to judge you based on where you are you know some years ago I was in the country of Nigeria you know with my family you know just relaxing having fun so I was in the car you know I was in the car with my one of my sisters or two of my sisters we were going somewhere and as we were going I remember one of my sisters who you know by the grace of the Almighty God because she um, highly educated she's a PhD older and all of that I've spoken about her before I'm so proud of her you know so we're in the car now what happened was that when we're in the car for some reason what I think one of our it was a car so I was you know fiddling around so I touched a I pull out a piece of um, I pulled out a note I put my hand in one of the glove company or in one of the files and I pulled out I was on a chair and I pulled out a piece of paper it happened to be a question paper of an exam now so this question paper of an exam was a, I think it's a master's level exam because they were saying something like chemistry something 701 or something like that but I remember it was 700 level so which definitely is not first degree master's degree now chemistry is one of my favorite chemistry is one of my favorite subjects in the world that's why I studied pharmacy maths and chemistry were the two subjects I was I excelled in tremendously so I look at the question paper you know I did not realize that she was looking at me also I look at the question paper ah, question number one question number two three you know Everything looked foreign to me. It didn't look like a chemistry test. <laughs> it looked so funny. So I turned to her, she looked at me, she was she was already smiling. And she said, you know, she basically we started having fun with it. So I started teasing her that. What's wrong with you? Am I not the one I taught you everything? You know, was I not the one teaching? But you know, that brings about, and I remember that. You know, I remember clearly that when I finished pharmacy school, when I finished pharmacy school, you know, in 1990 okay she was still in secondary school she had not even done the secondary school exam you know I remember very clearly but you know you can't use that to judge her as a lot that time that's where she was as a lot time today now the thing she knows I have zero clue in the same field what she knows she's an authority in her area the, the things she knows if she wants to if I, if I tell her if I see her discussing chemistry with her colleagues going to be like a strange language to me if they ask me uh excuse me we uh, we had that your father do you want to make a contribution i can't make a contribution because i have no clue i have to turn the subject into first corinthians and second corinthians (laughs) you see uh, i i was preaching in america sometimes uh, in 2019 or 2018 i believe uh in virginia and i was preaching you know and the pastor of course knows my story and knows that one of my best subjects when I was in pharmacy school was a subject called medicinal chemistry. So you in now introducing to a lady that was there. He said, Oh, this lady, she ladies require I said, This lady she just got a PhD in medicinal chemistry. Straight away, I said, medicinal chemistry is not my favorite object. <laughs> I had to choose another favorite subject immediately. My point is that you can see somebody that is very, very young today. And you cannot judge you know, how far they will go in life just because you are starting small you know does not mean anybody can predict how far you go number three starting small prevents formidable enemies from attacking you and killing you when you are still small starting small the battles i face today by the grace of god that you know as a pastor of a sizable church a growing church and a sizable church of, of the size of house of priests then the great church you know a youth expression it's not the same as I faced 20 years ago when I started 21 years ago the things that want to exterminate your destiny you wouldn't if you don't start small you wouldn't have grown to the point whereby you can handle them you see so we have to understand that starting small the the enemy ignores you at that point the enemy feels that you know what it's not worth my time fighting uh, this guy but then you are all in the the meantime you're growing you're growing through the process you begin to develop skill sets both on the spiritual plane and on the natural plane to deal with the issues you know when i first started out as a as a pastor if somebody had told me that something was going to cost two thousand dollars, they basically are saying that it's going to cost impossible. Two thousand dollars was the whole money that the Central Bank of Canada owns. I mean, it was it was it was an impossible amount of money. You have to understand that as at that time, when, I, when we started out as a praise we were paying three hundred dollars a month to rent the venue we're using. Which was a place called Iceland, just about 15-20 minutes drive from here, you know, where it was a little room in the place that seats 40 people, which was never full. We set up the whole 40 chairs by faith, but it was never full, not at any time, nothing near. It was never even half full, you know, when we started out, and we're paying this $70 or something like that, $75 a week, $300 a month. Then September of year 2000, we are going to change venue, okay? Not because we are people of, we are exercising faith or anything, but because for some reason, the pastor of the church, who also happens to be the administrator of the church, I mean, when the church is less than 20 people, you are everything, from the janitor to the senior pastor. Because we forgot to book the place because it was booked every month. So they kicked us out. So in scrambling to look for a place, we found another place called Living Art Center. I remember clearly that Sunday, when we went there to go and take a look, when we got there, they told us the place we're going to use was going to cost us $175 per use per Sunday. And by the way, the place they're going to use for kids they call it the kids' place was going to be $150. So, this is $325 every Sunday. Remember, we're paying $300 a month. When I heard that, I felt these people are wicked people. I know the Bible says you're adversing the devil, but this devil is my adversary. These people are my adversary. I mean, where are we going to get three hundred and twenty-five dollars a week? The whole, the highest offering as the has ever seen to that point was three hundred dollars on a Sunday. Now you're telling me that the accommodation alone will be three twenty-five dollars. I mean, there's no way out. That's what we started from. Can you imagine that? That's where we started from. But you see, if I had not, but that was the time God started developing me, equipping me to start understanding some things and building me up for a marathon, not a sprint. You see? So it didn't allow the, the formidable enemies to wipe me away. Starting small, number four, which I've explained now, prevents financial stress. Starting small prevents financial stress. This is very important for young couples, well married or young adults, that you want to buy your own property, particularly if it's not going to be a rental property. If it's a rental property, you want to buy a townhouse and rent it out, you want to buy a condo and rent it out, that's okay, you do your, crunch your numbers, do your you know do your research, do your due diligence, and that's okay. As long as it can do two things for you, it can give you a positive cash flow, okay. And number two, if you see that there's a trend, that there's an upward trajectory in the value of the house in that area, that's that, that's very very good, okay. But what I really want to talk about is you are starting out, you're any X amount of money. And You go and pick up an accommodation that you're going to be staying in whether you're going to be paying a mortgage Or you're going to be paying rent. That is so huge. That is a headache for you every month. You can't live like that Okay, so about this where my my friends are on this level. I understand that I get that pressure But you cannot live like that. You're gonna be putting on due pressure. Somebody wants to start a business a clothing business Okay you still don't. You don't have any clients. You don't have anybody. Nobody knows you. Your label. Nobody knows you. Pronounce the name. Nobody understands it. And the first thing you want to do is to go on the high street, on the main street, and go rent a place. All of this is good for social media photographs. It's good for your friends to think that things are, you know, it's all good. But you, then you sign a lease, and you know, lease in this country is bad. You sign a commercial lease, five years. They tell you the first three months is free, because they're going to do remodeling. And you you, you know you think that it's it's you signed it for ten years and they said the first three months is free. Then they call people to come and do remodeling of the place, you know put some shelving in, put some things in. Then first you have enough money to do that. Then because you're thinking within three months, I'm going to have a house, profit, I was paying. Then three months flies by. Because it takes six weeks to do the remodeling. So you're only there practically for six weeks rent-free. Then the following month, they come and tell you where about will rent. Then here now, you call calling Jesus, Jesus. And all of this has happened because you did not take the advice of learning how to start small. All right. Starting small, number five, enables you to be focused and develop your strength. When you start small, what it does for you, you see, the reason why God allows us to start small, one of the reasons why God allows us to start small is God does not want to expose you before you have developed your strengths. You know, he doesn't want to expose you before you develop your strength. So he allows you to practice, and that's why I continually thank God for all those people, precious people, that were in the house of praise at the beginning, you know, when I look back now, I just I feel for them because they went through a lot with me. <laughs> the type of sermons I preached, some days, I remember one particular Sunday, I was in a good mood. I'd come to church, prepare my sermon, I was going to preach. Then suddenly I saw one man, he came into the service, he came in late. He came in very late. I was angry. That was the end of my sermon. I still remember clearly, I was living as a, that was the end of the sermon. I mean I was livid. I was already frustrated. Please don't take it too hard on me, right? I was already frustrated. Now, i told told guy, and this guy is now coming in late again. I took it very personally. My salmon just said, I just took my notes. That's the end of it. I just went after the guy. Inside the salmon, <laughs> it, was, it was maybe about, I was already 20 minutes or 30 minutes to my someone. I just went after the guy. I changed my sermon from whatever I was preaching to Commitment to God That was my sermon I, I'm serious, this is a true life story I just started preaching my commitment to God And I talked about, commi- that guy, that was the last day he came to church I was determined that he would not show up in church again That I would rather not have him come to church Than to have him come to church And he would be coming in late. You know Things like that, and the rest of the people were there They were bearing it up So when I look back now, I say to myself, God Ah, this will try to because I couldn't have done that. These people, they really tried, they endured. It was a lot of endurance. So, so but what God was doing is that he helps you. You know, right now, if I'm preaching right now, and I've, it's happened to me a few times. If I'm preaching right now, somebody comes in late, or somebody stands up, whether they're going to the washroom or they don't like what I'm preaching and they walk out, that's okay with me. That's your personal opinion. It doesn't change anything for me. You see, but I have developed emotionally now. All right? So my point here is that you, something small gives you time To focus and master the recipe you focus and you master your strength number six I think it is now starting small allows you to understand your environment and thereby avoid costly mistakes when you start small it helps you to understand your environment then you avoid costly mistakes you understand your environment then you avoid costly mistakes listen all of us are not on the same level you have to learn and i know this is very difficult this is difficult but and i'm going to pray for you you have to learn how to run based on your own timing ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says there is a season. Okay, to everything there is a season. To everything there is, and a time for every purpose under the heaven. Everything has a season. Now, everything has a season. Okay, the young man I like just blow the saxophone now. Okay, he it's in a different season in his life now than three four years ago. Well, I you know, it's in a different season. Everything has a season. Now he has a car, he has his car, he has a this. You no, know, you no, know, at least the one I know just because you know they don't, they don't tell me these young adults. You know, Praise <laughs> God. You know, well, you know. But let's just. You know, he has his house. He has a house. He has his car. He has his babe. He has everything. You know, all of this is all. I can tell because you change your name from Iliaza to Mr. Easy, so I know it's. Definitely because of a girlfriend. There's no doubt. You couldn't have changed your name if there was no, if there's no girlfriend. When guys start changing their names like that, uh it's because of you know yeah. So that's another discussion for another day, you know. So here we are. <laughs> some of you know I'm just his him is my son, you know. We have that level of relationship. Anyway, so he has the car, he has everybody. It's a different season there was a time he didn't have all of that so you can come in now you are about the same age of us was a junior in school and suddenly you think that you should you should all immediately have all of those things you no know? it's, it's not impossible depending on where you're coming from but also you don't judge your life by what is happening in another person's life okay it's a and it does not mean that if it took him five years to get to where it is that is going to take you five years Alright, it just you have to follow your own timing you god's specific plan for your own life so standing small allows you to understand your environment the environment you are in it helps you to understand the environment you're in incidentally let me use another illustration here this is one of the reasons why courtship courtship is very important in the relationship between man woman right man woman relationship okay courtship is very important okay so you meet a guy you know a guy meets a girl girl meets a guy courtship is very important the process of courtship allows you to start small while with very little risk while you're getting to understand the other person you start small little risk to understand the person so and you do that by putting a lot of boundaries in place so that your particularly for the ladies, so that your emotions don't run haywire. You know, your emotions don't overrun your logic. Okay, you do that, you start small and you build up from there while you are understanding, observing, and understanding this particular person. Not that you meet a guy today, okay, he calls you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Then a week later, he started calling you at 1 a.m., 2 a.m. There's no boundary there. You have to put a boundary to that and say no, 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 no. You don't pick the phone. And the next time he says, "Oh, I call," you say, "No, don't call me at 1 a.m. Please." <laughs> you don't. You say, it, you know, in a nice way, better way than I'm saying it. But basically, the bottom line is, don't call me at 1 a.m. By the time I start waking up in the middle of the night, I pick your call. I speak to you for one hour. I can't sleep again at 1 a.m. What do you think I'm going to be thinking about? All the funny, unfu- funny jokes that you've been telling me. Then, 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 three weeks down the road, I come to ignite church. I come to church. I see you with another lady. That you've done the same thing too. So I, I, I can't do that. You tell the person, no, you start small, you minimize your risk. I hope you, you're getting the point. Praise God. All right. So standing small is not the case, it's the way God has what God has put in place to help protect you. So let's look at the scripture here. Exodus chapter 23, verse 29 to 30. Exodus 23, verse 29 to 30. It is for your own protection, it's for my protection. God says, I will not drive them out. it's okay? talking about the people in the land, the promised land. I will not drive them out before you in one year. So God is saying, no matter what you do, you won't be able to achieve conquest of the whole land in one year. God says, the reason is not because I'm not powerful enough not to give it to you in one year. But I don't want the land to become desolate and the beast of the field will be too numerous for you. So i want to protect you that's why i'm not driving i'm not giving you everything in one year little by little i will drive them out until when until you have increased so that the beasts don't overpower you until you have increased little by little very important very important okay so god allows you and i his wisdom for us to start small so that Can be protected when God created humanity. How many people are on the surface of the planet today? They say over seven billion, but God did not start with seven billion, He started with only one man, Adam. He started small, but inside that one man, Adam, where the whole seven billion and if He continues to grow to 10 billion, 20 billion before Jesus comes, everybody was inside Adam. He started small by creating only Adam, then He created if a woman, which is a revelation for some people, He created one man. And woman with it okay man and woman that's how he started then he let everything reproduce so you start small so quickly then how do I increase when I start small I want to increase that's the whole idea I want to dream big I'm dreaming big and I want to start increasing so how do I do it when I start small I'm gonna give you four things there some of them you already know but I'm going to emphasize them again. The first thing, number one, how do I increase after I've started small? Pastor, you're encouraging us to start small, start small. So I'm starting, all right, I get the point. I'm going to go start small. So how do I now increase then after I've started small? Note these things. The first thing is this start small, but dream big. Start small, but dream big. Okay? When Topsy and I started in this country, we started small. We're living in the basement, okay? That was small. That was our own small size. It was really rock bottom. we lived in a basement. It was a rock bottom place, um, um, you know. But what we used to do, we, used to, we were dreaming big. We used to. We didn't have a car. We didn't have anything. We used to take a walk. Thank God, we we're in a place called Turnhill. you know. Some of you that live outside of Toronto, you won't know this area, obviously. But it's a, you know, it's an affluent area, you know, uh, relatively to other areas in Toronto region. So we used to. Take a walk around that area. Go and look at some houses. Very nice houses. Very nice condominium buildings. We used to go out and we take a look at them. And then we dream. we hold each other's hands and we say, be saying, oh, you know, one day, you know, we're in our early, th- early 30s. I was 30. You know, we say, you know, you know, one day, we're going to have that. It didn't look possible. It didn't look, it didn't look realistic. But we're dreaming big. So start small, but start dreaming big. Start dreaming big. I've told you the story of how in yet over 10 years ago about 11 years ago now i think it was in 2010 you know one of my daughters that was um you know working with me then um she she arranged for me to visit the largest churches in canada at that time and the two largest churches in the, at that time happened to be in a place called calgary western part of canada for you that are watching if you're watching outside of canada in the western part of canada that is three hours by f- Almost three hours by flight from Toronto. So I went there and I met with the staff, met with everybody in church. And I remember when the man, the CFO of one of those churches, was taking me around the church and we got into the church, into the sanctuary. And I saw the audiovisual the equipment. And I was asking questions. And he told me that those audiovisual equipment, and I know he's the CFO, so he knows, cost over a million dollars. I still remember i was frozen where i was he had walked past he said oh pastor come you know he thought i was standing there maybe out of respect but actually i was frozen because i could not imagine one million dollars on equipment you know I, I was frozen after that time you know we had what is called a um not digital but analog analog uh, mixer you know the type of mixer that allows you to attach three or four microphones oh, No, maybe not three or four maybe 10 or so maybe eight channel or 16 channel mixer you know that's what we had in other words if you if somebody else wanted to say something and um you have to remove <laughs> you have to you have to unplug somebody maybe you unplug the pastor you collect somebody else you know i mean it was bad you you have to undulate it to move it yours i mean it was completely analog These things were sold for a thousand dollars or one thousand five or something like that. I remember the first time they told me, Pastor, we need to upgrade, we need to upgrade. I said, okay, so what does it mean by upgrade? They said, upgrade to digital. I said, everybody's going digital. And I said, Yeah, yeah, I even may I want to go digital. Then they told me, (laughs) I said, what's the what's the implication? They said, ten thousand dollars is the next stage of what we're going to buy. I couldn't even believe it. I couldn't believe I couldn't believe they said that. (laughs) I could not believe they said that. I'm like, why will you say something like that? Look at what. Are you hearing yourself? <laughs> Can you hear yourself? Ten thousand dollars to go and spend on what? How you, why are you saying that? Why are you this canal? Is is is, is that what you're serving God? You know. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure God wanted to expand my mind. Then he took me to this place and I saw equipment one million dollars. Ah, I mean, is but you know he allowed me to dream big. I remember that night when I go back into my hotel room I, I sat you know in bed when I first go back took off took off my shoes or maybe not took off my shoes threw my shoes off my legs you know I said I said god I wasn't even thinking about the size of the church the size of the church the whole building was about 120,000 square feet that 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 impressed me that was big for me but I think what was really that 1 million dollars equipment I just thought what you know I look at it today, and I'm saying to myself, "But I, I was dreaming big, you know. That's the first place you start. Today, now we're in a building of seventy thousand square feet. Equipment, I can't tell you how much, but definitely, it, it, the what they have has nothing on this one. That's just the fact It has nothing on what we've spent here. You see, this is just the way life is. You have to start small, and don't be upset that you're starting small. Just dream big. Just dream big." The second thing you have to do is this, which is a very important thing. If you miss everything, don't miss this part. Check your motives, why you want to have, why you want God to do something big for you. Check your motives. James chapter 4, verse 2 to 3. James chapter 4, verse 2 to 3. You lost. The word lost here, it's not talking about desiring a woman. Is talking about desire for things. You lost and you don't have. You murder and you covet. You cannot obtain. You fight wars, yet you do not have because you do not ask. All right, verse three. Even when you ask, you ask and you don't receive. But why? Why am I not receiving? Because you ask amiss. What does that mean? Ask it amiss because you want to spend it on your own pleasures so why do you want God to do big things for you yes you have these big aspirations you're starting out right now as an entry-level analyst but you have this desire to be the CEO of a tech company or at the very minimum a CIO no doubt about that and it's gonna put it in your heart great but the question you have to ask yourself is this what is my motive why do I want that do I want to so tell that I can give people my business card, and show them where my level? Do I want to tell her I can, you know, you know, we Christians, you know, we have a way of describing what is cana, but we spiritualize it. So well, like, people need to know that my God is faithful. Really, what you're saying is that I want to boast a little bit. <laughs> That's what you're saying, you know. But but you have to check yourself. This is one exam one thing you have to check in your heart I have seen many people I must say this to you that are extremely prayerful they do they have I mean I've been to pastors meeting that when they when they, they pray they tell they pray and when I hear them pray I'm like God have mercy the tongues they are speaking is not terrestrial it's completely celestial strong not celestial church of God celestial as in realm of spirit tongues tongues of angels when they finish doing the prayer, they say, Well, our pastor is here. Pastor Ali, will you come and round up the prayer? And I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to round up in this one now? Because the prayer is, I mean, these are very deep prayers. After they finish prayer, they say, Pastor Ali, round up. And I'm saying to myself, Father, why do you, these people want to just make fun of me? Because that, that I cannot pray. So I start out and say, Well, Father, thank you. You have answered all of this prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. These people are deep. But then you look at the output of their ministry, and you're saying there's no correlation. And part of the reason, and if you are not careful, you might start thinking maybe God is partial. But part of the reason, when you now move a bit closer to them, you realize that their heart is not right. Their heart, as a matter of fact, the way I say that, they have a bad heart. Their heart is terrible. <laughs> Very terrible. You know, you need your heart. What is the reason? Let me tell you the reason why God wants you to really succeed. The primary reason why God wants you to succeed is so you can stand on a platform, okay, I'm not talking about a physical platform, but you can use your success as a leverage, okay, to expand his kingdom, to minister to the lives of other people. That's the primary reason. In other words, to be a blessing to other people. That's that's what God gains out of it. The fact that you succeed and you are a blessing to other people That's that's what God gets out of it But if you succeed and succeed for yourself your wife or your husband and your two children God has no part in that God cannot be a stakeholder When he's not going to have any return on investment He can't be a stakeholder Okay, second samuel chapter 5 verse 12. Let me give you the scripture second samuel chapter 5 verse 12 David knew that the Lord had established him to be king over Israel. Why? Why would God do all of that? And that he has exalted his kingdom. Why? For the sake of his people. So God did that for David for the sake of people. Many, many years ago, when I was trusting God for church growth and all of that stuff, and God started ministering to me, and started giving me opportunities to prove to him that I was in line. It started ministering to me that it was going to lift up also praise as a church in the land. And that it was going to lift it up from this scripture for the sake not just of the congregation, I understand that, but for the sake of other churches. That I will have to be in a position to have the heart to help a lot of other churches around me as the need occurs. And it's started like giving me your, and I said, okay, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. It's started like give me opportunities straight away see if i will do it and today i'm glad that to the glory of god god has given us of praise grace to be able to do that and and that is one of the reasons why house of praise is so blessed during the pandemic last quarter of last year woke up one morning woke up one morning and i was thanking god you know i just woke up straight away and i would just say ah father i thank you, you know not formal prayer but you know the casual prayer you pray just father i thank you so much for what you're doing in the house of praise with all this pandemic thank you to, for that you're sustaining your church I don't even you know father, thank you and I was saying that went into the you know the bedroom and you know b- trying to brush my teeth and while I was doing that I was still you know in my heart he's saying then I got to the point in my heart where I was saying father thank you I don't even know why you're doing this because I know this is not common suddenly I heard the voice of God and God said to me right then and then he said he said to me you are helping other churches I was blown away it was like somebody was standing beside me and spoke to me you know when I finished I went I, 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 I said so I said to Thompson, I said do you know what God just told me now he said It's because you helped other churches and I looked back and now I, I looked back and I said oh so all those opportunities God was giving us to help other churches tremendously this was the reason okay God was setting us up for a time to come and he exploded us as a church So that we can continue to help other churches This is very important This is very important. So check your motives. number three Cultivate your faith Cultivate your faith. I don't want to speak too much about faith on at this point, but please write this down faith cannot be assumed faith must be intentionally cultivated. So, cultivate your faith. Uh, so, like I said, I don't want to speak too much about it. But part of how you do that, because I need to give you one or two thing, steps about that. Part of how you do that is that you must gather the seed of the Word of God. Gather the seed of the Word of God. Technology has made it easy now. You can go to BibleGateway.com. BibleGateway.com. Start with the formal translation of the Bible like NKJV put it on NKJV, you know, and You know type in the areas that are relevant to you that you're trusting God for Okay, then you start looking for the promises of God in the Bible that covers that particular area Okay, what you are doing when you start doing that and reading you are cultivating your faith You're cultivating your faith All right you are cultivating faith, cultivating your faith. This is a very important thing. Why? Because somebody might say, Well, I'm starting a business uh, in my career, or I'm trying to do something. Listen carefully to this. People normally that want to start a business say, I want to start a business, but I'm looking for capital. Somebody wants to buy a house, say, I'm looking for down payment, I'm looking for money to close, you know, closing costs, I'm looking for this. People are always saying, the reason why and i hear this also from a lot of churches and pastors the reason why they're not doing what they're doing is because of money please hear what i'm about to say that is true but not completely true okay it what you are lacking what because i've been there also myself what i'm lacking what you're lacking what we're lacking is manifesting as lack of money but it is not actually not lack of money it is lack of capital. So what do I say? What is the difference? I'm going to explain it a little bit, but I, won't get, I will explain it more during the week, month. What you and I are lacking, you want to buy a house. It's not money that you're lacking. What you're lacking is manifesting as m- lack of money. But what you're really lacking is lack of capital. So the question then is, what is capital? All right. So listen to this then. Capital, this is not as defined by economists. My son that is on the keyboard here told me he went to school to study economics. So with all due respect to people, everybody has studied economics and all of that. This is not the definition of economics. I'm talking of life application definition. Capital is the most important ingredient you need to succeed in any endeavor. That's for capitalists. Capital is the most important resource or ingredient you need to succeed in any endeavor. If you want to bake bake cake, you want to bake cake. What's the most important ingredient you need to bake cake? The most obvious one: flour. Okay, the young man that is there, he does not know he has not baked cake before. Does not have a kitchen. All he does is just order pizza. It says tomato. So it's not what you need. <laughs> I've started again talking about food, right? In Ignite Church. But what you need is flour. Flour. The most important resource or ingredient you need. Okay? For any endeavor at all, whether it's a ministry, you know, business, buying a house, your career it's capital that's capital capital now now so write this one down to the most important type of capital is the Word of God the most important type it's not the only type but the most important type of capital is the Word of God because it is the capital that produces every other type of capital I hope this is making sense to somebody so you need this is i'm telling you something that i've practiced over the years and you remember my story very well you need a million dollars i don't have a million dollars Where am i supposed to get a million dollars from all right all right then what i do then and i want to do something but i need a million dollars but i don't have a million dollars which means I, I lack money right but remember that situation is not as a result of lack of money it is manifesting as lack of money but really what it is is that is a lack of capital and the most important capital is the Word of God and let me explain that to you because this in that same situation you are in that you lack that one million dollars and you say you throw your hands up in the air and say I don't have this I don't know this one million dollars somebody else if they change the personnel they bring somebody else into that situation that has a greater level of the capital of the word of God in them That one million dollars will not be an issue for them That's just the fact That's just the truth It will not be an issue for them So you and I must know you know, Because one of the things I, I remember One of the things I used to say to myself When we first started out The first open heavens And I, I saw what the budget looked like I thought, God, how is this going to work? How am I, where am I going to get this money to do this? I want to do this. Worshiping you is your will. I know it's your will, but how do I do this? Where am I going to get this funds from? That's when God really explained this to me. And one of the things that I said then, because one of the people that I, I spoke to then that inspired me, you know, when I was having the ideas in my heart and I was thinking, because I understand that if you put this amount of money in this, and if it's not sustainable, this can easily kill a ministry. So I needed to speak to somebody that was, that's done something bigger than what I've done, uh, or what God has done through me, and that I can speak to, and I can level with me, I can level with. So I called Reverend Sam, and I told Reverend Sam. You know, so we had conversations over a period of time, and you know, then, then I remember one of those days when I, was, I went to the venue, I looked at the venue again, I was thinking, ah, where are people going to come from? You know, looking at the venue, that was the first one, 2011. Then I looked at the cost. I said to myself, God. Then, you know, I asked myself a simple, honest question. And the question I asked myself is this If Reverend Sam was the pastor of this, the way he is right now, if I was to go to Nigeria, where he was, you know, and he comes to Canada and he was the pastor of House of Praise, will he be able to attract the funds that is needed? And, you know, the way I answered the question at that time was yes, which was yes. So I said, so if it's yes, it means it's doable. It's doable. I just need to have this capital of the word. So I had to now go in, and maybe next week I'll show you how to do that. You know, we'll walk through that practically. Go in and look for the capital from the word of God. That's when God told me something that changed my life concerning church. God said to me, never never you never have the mindset of raising money god did not design money to design the church as a platform to raise money and god told me if you have the attitude don't raise money i've never raised money but god just told me that he said you are not equipped to raise money you are equipped to release it that was a game changer for me game changer and God now said the next statement even changed me change everything more. He said, You can never receive what you have not released. So it was a game changer for me. I'll talk, maybe I'll talk a bit more about that next week. Cultivate your faith. And this is this is where this is hard work, it's routine work, it's boring work, but it produces the results you want it to produce. Okay? And finally, finally. Exercise the faith you have cultivated. Faith without corresponding action is dead. Exercise it. Sow a seed. Uh, sow the seed of the Word of God. Whatever that Word of God is prompting you to do, do it. Whatever the Word of God is prompting you to do, do it. Do it. Do it. Apply the insights you have gained from the study of Scripture just apply it whatever it's telling you to do do it when you do that then you will begin to see increase don't forget first corinthians chapter 3 verse 6 god is the one that gives increase you begin to see increase beyond what you are expecting and that will be your portion in jesus mighty name let me say this to you let me say something to you I. I'm not by any stretch of the imagination the most studious person you have ever met. I know that most of you are well learned than me. I have to admit that, and I have to humble myself. Most of you are way, 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 way more learned than me, and you are deep experts, subject matter experts in your field. But however, what I want to say is this when it comes to certain things about management, marketing, business, I'm not a novice. I'm not an expert. You're already the expert. But I'm not a novice. I understand the natural principles that govern all of this. I get it very well. But what I have discovered is this. No matter, so you have a business, you start a business, you have all of your marketing principles, you have a marketing plan, you have all of those things, you put them in place, great. You've done your target marketing, you know your target market you've customized your product to meet the target market you have a way of reaching the market you put all of those powerful things in place I have come to realize something that while you put all of that in place in addition to that in addition to that you have to apply what I call and the Bible says it's called the mysteries of the kingdom okay there are going to be spiritual principles that's what it means spiritual principles that you can apply many years ago we did a program in church for men many many years ago breakfast meeting for men you know which we're going to be bringing back soon by god's grace this pandemic thing will be over soon um called when kings gather and you know this is in the context of canada for you to see hundred and fifty men gather for a men's breakfast meeting at that time it was huge but on this occasion we had for the first one we did we had over 400, 400 men the target was 400 men and we had 400 men to the glory of jesus christ he made it so so a friend of mine called me and said pastor how did that happen so before i could start saying anything he had started speaking about the natural parameters. You know, he said that, but I, I see anyway, I see. I see. The social media presence was strong, which is true. And our social media team, as of that time, they were incredible. Our social media team, right now, they are incredible also. Okay? So, they were incredible. But I was speaking about that time, all right? So, they were very incredible. So, they don't, they don't realize that I see that. He said, I see the designs of the posters and they were incredible. The designs were also out of this world. He said, they were incredible. He said, so he mentioned, he said, and the venue he chose. So he has spoken about all of the natural things. Incidentally, he wanted to go and have a program also. So since he went in the natural direction like that, so he asked me questions to elaborate. So I elaborated a little bit more. We have a team of people, this team of people are great. People that do all of that and all that, although the whole team has been hijacked now by Balanced Living, but it's all good. It's the same church. He said, We have this team of people. I said, We have this team of people. These people are great people. They are so smart, they're so sharp, and all of that. They plan all of this and they execute. So he said, Okay, so he took all the natural principles and went and applied exactly the same thing in the same environment. And did not get anything close to the same level of result. He was shocked. You know, as at that time we, at the time we did the program, there were only 350 men in our operates. You know, about 320, 310 regular attendance of men on the Sunday service. So he, he wanted to look at the percentages relative to his own church and whether to do something similar. Then, you know, he fell flat on his face. So he came back and asked me a month later, he said, He said, but we did all of that stuff. I just don't know what happened. He said, what what is it? What happened? So, I now, later on, later on, when we sat down together, I told him that. You have done everything, listen, that your hand can do. Everything, you have taken everything your hand can do. I said, but what drives it is what is in your heart. The capital that is put in your heart. It's what drives what is in your hand. So I showed him Hebrews 11 verse 29. I showed him Hebrews 11 twenty nine. I said, by faith the Israelites, they passed through the Red Sea like it was dry land. But the Egyptians attempting to do the same thing, they drowned. What do you think is the difference? The children of Israel passed through the Red Sea. How? They were on the motorbike. They just walked through. They were on sandals. They walked through. I guarantee you, what the egyptians were wearing was better than what the israelites were wearing okay natural for natural but the israelites had something different faith and this faith is not something you can see because with the heart man believes so i said what is in your heart is what drives the output so i said ah, okay i said so you got to spend i said you know when we were having that conversation you didn't ask me anything about what is in my own heart you need to spend time to know what is in your heart so so how to put this capital in your heart to drive it so if you are into business you're in career you in ministry you're doing whatever you're doing you drive it it's okay to do all the social media do all of that stuff that's fine but you can, you should know that the way to drive it is what you have on the inside that's what drives it and i pray for you that in this season you will increase in jesus mighty name. you will increase in your family you will increase in your relationship you will increase financially in the name of jesus christ you will increase on every front um i want to close the service now but listen very carefully to this i want to close the service but i feel led to do something to tell you something i'm not going to necessarily act on it except i feel led. but to To tell you something, listen carefully. That will add to your destiny, because it added to mine. Listen, my young adults, listen carefully. One of the key areas that you need to exercise your faith, or through which, or by which, you have to exercise. Your faith is in the area of, listen carefully, in the area of extraordinary generosity. Not just generosity, extraordinary generosity. I found out that one of the things that touches the heart of God the most is generosity. A pastor friend of mine down the road 20 minutes from here, pastors a wonderful church, Good friend of mine. You know, he's been to House of Praise several times, preached several times here. You know, very good friend of mine. When we we're doing the construction of this building, he came to me one day in my office. He called me and said, Pastor, I want to see you. I said, All right. You know. I said, No problems. He said, No, 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 Pastor, I need to see you uh s- soon. So I said, all right, I gave him the date. He came in, sat in front of me. We had a you know, small talk. Then I tell so I thought he was going to tell me something about his ministry. Maybe he needed my advice, my counsel, for me to share for my experience about Saturday. Then he said, Pastor, you know what? I was in that building. I saw what the building is like. I went back home. I feel it talking in my spirit. I want, I want to sow it. I want to sow a seed. Our church wants to sow a seed into it. Listen to this. I said, are you really he said yes so I said all right he brought an envelope out I prayed about it I thought to myself because I know the church I know the size of the church I've been there several times you know from inception many many years so I thought to myself all right you know what what he has said you know I just thought to myself not that I was underestimating him but since he said church I, I, I mean I understand I wasn't expecting anything on the level so when this guy left and I Gave the check to the finance team and they told me how much was there I was I was pumped. not that I've not seen an amount of money like that before but from him where he was to have done that that was not just generous that was extra extraordinary generosity from his church I was like, what huge amount of money okay so he gave this check I prayed over him. I prayed, you know, he left. I did not checked it when he was there. He left. Do you know what happened? About two months later, the leader of our fellowship, the Redeemed Christian Church of God, in the whole of North America. And right now, in the whole of the Americas, Pastor James Fadell happened to come into the country. And that particular Sunday, he was going to worship in their church. As the man was Driving to the church, He's, he got there, he saw the pastor. He asked the pastor, he said, Wow. He said, Are you thinking of buying the buildings around the church here? The man said, Oh, actually, we're having we actually thinking of that. But you know, right now we are still trusting God for the funds. That's what he told him. Okay, so Pastor Fidel did not say what. At the end of the service, Pastor that told him, Write me a letter, I will get you a gift from the mission. In from Nigeria, said. So the man was thinking, oh, like, how much? I don't know. He was thinking probably something like in the area of maybe twenty thousand, thirty thousand. He told him he wrote two fifty thousand US dollars, and he wrote the, he wrote the letter. This is something that many people fight to get. He wrote the letter and he went through the process and it was approved. My point here is this: he did not ask for it, he did not call for it, he didn't even know he was available. But because he has sown a seed that seed unlocked his own provision but his own seed was prompted because of the word in him when he did that it unlocked what was been what has been available for him when the process got a little bit messy let's just put it that way when it got a little bit messy because people will be people you know along the line the process got a little bit funny because for you to know this thing is God the overall boss of the whole organization pastor Adeboye travelled to America was in America and pastor Padel took the case to him you even wonder how will he remember that after all the hundreds of churches in the whole of North America but he remembered he took the case to him and said sir you have approved this and we're just facing a few bit of um, bureaucratic uh, bottleneck the man approved it the second time oh not approve secondary sorry give an instruction that bypass the bureaucratic bottleneck my point here is this do you know how many things are locked up for you that are ready that are yours that has your name on it that a lack of exercise of your faith is blocking so don't worry you know this is a blessed church i'm not preaching this to get anything from you no god forbid I'm saying this to you because I feel led based on what I've just said about exercising your faith. Some of you, within the next couple of weeks or months, God might lay some things on your heart to exercise extraordinary generosity, maybe towards a place in Africa, Caribbean island, towards an orphanage somewhere, towards some motherless, you know, some motherless homes or something. Do it. One of the reasons why. I believe I read my Bible and God gave me unusual grace was that in year 2001 one day I was driving to church you know in our old venue living at Center when God spoke to me and said today I want you to give listen to this to a charity he wants to us to receive an offering for a particular charity. So I was asking which charity? And the charity that came to my mind as of that time that I knew of, you know, apart from the Canadian Cancer Research, was Canadian National Institute of the Blind. So I didn't think anything about it. So I just remember those two charities. I came to church, I told the church, I said, if anybody wants to join me, this is what God said to me. We're just very few number people, some people did. I don't know how many people, but we're a few in number in church anyway. I put my own sacrificial seat there. We called somebody right there in the church, in the congregation, two or three of them, to administer the gift. They were the ones that counted it, and they were the ones that took it to Canada instead of the blind and cancer research center. Some months later, I started saying that when I read my Bible. I was seeing things I could not see there before so over about a year as I realized I was having deeper insight so as, as usual one day I asked God I said I'm seeing what I've not seen before what is going on and God said you help some people to see so I'm helping you to see you help some people to see so I'm helping you to see it's important it might not be today it might be the next one week or two weeks God wanted me to mention that to you if God lays it upon your heart be a blessing somewhere okay where God has laid over your heart please be extraordinarily generous do what you have to do it might be God prompting you so that you can unlock the increase he has already destined for you you cannot act on God's word and ever be a loser you can never lose out you can never act on God's word and, and lose out so I pray for you one more time in the name of Jesus Christ the increase God has in mind for you and that Christ has paid for, you will not lose it in Jesus' name. You will not lose that increase in Jesus' name. That increase will become a reality in your life in Jesus' mighty name. In the mighty name of Jesus, it will become a reality in your life. I specifically want to pray in this service for three sets of people. And you might be going through, there might be one person going through the three at the same time. The first thing are those that have given up or almost given up on the pursuit of their dreams. You've given up or you've almost given up either through tiredness, weariness, whatever, mockery or whatever the situation might be. You're just tired and you've given up. I understand that. I want to pray for you. The second set of people are people that are feeling overwhelming pressure to succeed. Overwhelming pressure is on you. To succeed I understand that I'm the first born in my family and I understand what that pressure looks like when you're feeling a sense of overwhelming pressure to succeed and you're saying to yourself my god it's hard enough for me to do this then the added pressure is killing me I understand that the third set of people are people that have tried many things and none of them have really turned out You've tried many things, and are turned out you're facing overwhelming pressure to succeed. You know, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. So, wherever you are, stand on your feet Father, I present this precious student of yours before you. You are the one who helped me when I was facing overwhelming pressure. You're the one who fa- helped me, oh God of heaven, to get to this point, to break through that pressure. When I was facing that pressure, when I was had given up on my dreams, because I was just tired, I felt was this thing worth? It's not worth it. So when I when I when I left my dream on the side, you were the ones that brought it back to my memory, and at the same time, helped me to continue the race. Father, when I tried a few things, and it looked like it didn't work out, you were the one. Oh God of heaven that made all things to work together for my good and I appreciate you and I thank you and it gives me tremendous joy because it means because you are no respect persons that you can do it for this one's also I pray my father today that all of this ones standing anyone that is among them that has failed before in anything or failed in some things and, or anybody that's feeling a lot of pressure or people that have given up already for I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God, that you will make yourself known to them this week in a fresh way in Jesus' name. Those that have forgotten their dreams, you will bring the dreams, oh God, back to their attention in Jesus' name. You will bring it back to their remembrance in Jesus' name. As many as are facing on due pressure, Father, I pray, Almighty and everlasting God, that you will increase their capacity in Jesus' name. I pray you will increase their emotional capacity their mental capacity, their physical capacity in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, by your word today, I take authority over every demonic spirit, demonic spirit that is using this occasion, this season that they are in, oh God, to try and knock these children of yours off their game, to knock them off course, to make sure they don't finish the journey. In the name of Jesus Christ that is above every name, I pray bind all such spirits in jesus name i command the spirits to be rendered powerless in jesus mighty name i decree in the name of jesus that you will see extraordinary miracles in the name of jesus christ you will see extraordinary miracles in the name of jesus in the very deed in which people are mocking you today it will be the very thing in which they know you for an extraordinary miracle in the name of jesus christ in the very thing in which they are mocking you it will be the very thing in which they will know you for an extraordinary miracle in the mighty mighty name of Jesus Christ Mephibosheth would never have made it into the scripture as one of the important figures he made the but they said he was lame in the feet they've written him off but he was the only person in the Old Testament That had such a disability that will have prevented him from being in the palace of the king And he had sat in the palace of the king in jerusalem Because god has decided to remember his covenant concerning you this morning According to his word Wherever you have been forgotten But you need to be remembered to experience increase May you be remembered starting from tonight in jesus name May you be remembered starting from today in Jesus name. May you be remembered starting from today in Jesus name. You will not fail the greatest fears you have. Maybe you will embarrass, maybe you will have in the name of Jesus those fears will never come to pass. I forbid those fears from coming to pass in Jesus name. I rebuke the fear in Jesus name. Grace to increase in all the areas you want to increase in. Receive that grace in Jesus name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen, amen, amen. So remember, dream big, but you can start small.